I told my producer, I was like, here's what I want to do. I think I think I want to write a Taylor Swift song. I just thought, man, I just need to do that. Well, you're probably here because, like me, you love music, and like me, you love the stories behind the music, and like me, you love getting to know a bit more about the artists who make the music. Welcome to the Green Room Door podcast. This is the third episode of our seventh season. I'm Dave Trout, and oh, I am so excited today because we are going to be talking to legitimately one of my favorite singer-songwriters, especially right now. Um, sometimes I have conversations with people when they find out that I I do some sort of music curation as, as my job, and, and uh, oftentimes the question is, well, who should I be listening to? Who's someone that I'm, that I'm probably not familiar with that I should be listening to? And usually one of the first names I mention is Andy Squires. He is a Charlotte-based singer-songwriter and um, really have been diving deep into his music for the last three or four years. Um, and uh, really f- fun t- that we had a chance to talk to him and get to share that conversation. Andy and I were both at the Audio Feed Music Festival in Illinois this last July. And uh, we were both uh, speakers and he also performed, but... Um, uh, his talk was right after my talk, and uh, I can <laughs> unequivocally tell you that his was far superior than mine, and <laughs> I'm okay with that. In fact, his talk kind of blew me away. It was so good. Um, so Andy is just a great thinker. He um, also is a reluctant author. Yes, he has authored two, almost three books. We're going to talk about that in the interview um, and he just has a unique brand of really melancholy folk music that is very spiritual and Christ-centered, yet does not shy away from difficult topics, heartache, grief, lament. Um, he seems very well acquainted with those things and isn't afraid to go there even though it's maybe not the most commercially viable avenue to take. Uh, He does it for the sake of art, and we get to benefit from that. So I just highly respect Andy, and if you're not super familiar with his music, let's uh, play a clip from the song Love Never Fails so you get a little taste of it, and then we'll dive into our interview. Some of us doubtful, some of us weak. Some are uncertain, still we believe Some overcoming, some testify There's a righteousness in us that we can't deny Some hallelujah, some blessed be Some sing out in chains, and some sing out free Our dreams up in smoke, beneath plunging nails Punchline of the joke Love never fails Well, um, I'm, I'm really uh, curious to start um, to hear just 
What was your inherited faith experience? Um, my, my faith tradition that I grew up in uh, was a complicated childhood. Folks divorced when I was young. So I did this kind of like back and forth between my parents' house and um, my dad. Uh, I you know, he, he might take exception to this, but I, I wouldn't say that he would identify explicitly as a Christian. So when I was at his house, there wasn't like a ongoing church life that we were doing there. But, but my mom at my mom's house, uh, I, I went to her house every other weekend. So that's, that was kind of the extent of my church side was at her house. Um, and they they, my mom and step stepdad went to a little Pentecostal denomination called Foursquare. It was just a little church of maybe 150 people. And it was just like basic evangelical disposition with, a, with, a, you know, a charismatic flair to it. So, you know, it, it, that, that was, yeah, that was the bulk of my, upbringing was in those two worlds so a little bit of a little bit of the secular a little of the the sacred mm-hmm. all of it going on at the same time in my life and um you know i was i'm a i'm a child of the 80s so i grew up in kind of like the thick of maybe the golden age of ccm you know like i don't know the the bands that I listen to, I don't even know if the kids know them anymore, but like Steve Taylor and Daniel Amos and the 77s and, you know, all those guys are, they're kind of old now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, that was, that was my tradition. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've, you've mentioned that like you still, kind of belong to the Pentecostal tradition. So, so, so that is something that kind of stuck with you or was it something that you kind of were in and out of? What was that like? Yeah, no, I've, I've remained, uh, you know, I've remained in that stream my entire life. Uh, I I'm originally from Northern California, but my wife and I, we moved to the East coast in, in the late nineties and landed in North Carolina. And we've been running with a community of believers ever since then that, um, you know, is definitely in that stream. And I've, I've, I attribute a lot of my artistic sensibilities to coming out of that world, not coming out of that world, but being a part of that world, I should say. Um, Cause it's, you know, in, in that tradition, there's, they're, they're, they're not as risk averse as I would say some of like more, I don't know, conservative reformed evangelical worlds are, you know, so there's, there's, uh, there's more of a, um, an appreciation for po- poetic articulations of, 
of life and God. And, and I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that <laughs> the world, the, the world that I'm spiritually a part of doesn't necessarily embrace what I do artistically. So there, there is some tension there. Um, I mean, there's a lot of tension there actually to tell the truth. Uh, but I don't feel inclined to leave it because that's that's where I I was marked. Mm -hmm. Did you um, uh, ever kind of go through a season of whatever whatever the label is deconstruction or doubt or mm -hmm. or a lot of questioning or whatever? Um, did you go through anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I would say so. I, I would say that there's, there's, you, you know, it, one thing that I always say, whether I'm speaking somewhere or somebody asks me in an interview, I always, I always try to talk about, you know, the, this idea that, you know, your, your belief system isn't God. The, the, the beliefs that you have about God are not God. And mm -hmm. I think that that's important to know because at least in my experience, there were, there were ideas that came out of the belief system in my tradition that did not hold up um in in the proving ground of reality there were there were there were ideas that i was given beliefs i was given in my tradition that ultimately didn't end up holding up so i had to go find other ways to think about god other ways to relate to god other ways to uh it, it, you know kind of explain my life to myself and so that's that's what poetry and theology and music and writing have have been for me is is maybe a, an ongoing reforming of the ideas that I was given somewhere along the line by really well-meaning people. I I don't have a I, I don't have a uh, I wouldn't say a story of of church hurt like a lot of people do and. Uh, but I definitely can relate to folks that kind of like woke up one day and said, hey, my church told me this my whole life, but I'm not really sure that that's accurate. You know, so you kind of go and try to reformat, recalibrate the ideas that have been floating around in your brain. So, yeah, I, I have definitely not stayed where I was as a young person, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I feel like I feel like the term deconstruction is is a little bit um, of a it's it's a pitfall now because it it often feels to me like it's a word that describes people who maybe have stopped believing altogether or 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 maybe they they've just become maybe faith adjacent rather than kind of like all the way in and I, I i don't feel like i identify with that group i'm i'm more of a kind of like yeah i'm all i'm all the way in on this jesus thing i don't really know where else to go at this point <laughs> yeah yeah for sure um so 
uh, can you share a little bit about like your songwriting process, just how you, how you find inspiration and, and, you know, how things come together for you? Yeah, I, I, I'm a pretty obsessive songwriter. I, um, I've been writing songs for a long time and, and I haven't been writing songs well for a long time, but I would say maybe for the past 15 years, um, I maybe unlocked the mystery of the craft of songwriting and found my voice. That's the thing that all writers are trying to do. Songwriters or poets or writers that are, we're all trying to figure out who we are and what's the message that we're carrying. And so I think around the age of 35, I figured that out. And, and, and so my, my process is, well, I'm, I'm always paying attention to the world. I feel like that's, that is kind of the, the artist's superpower is that they're, they're maybe hyper aware. They're people who are hyper aware of the world and in ways that, maybe others aren't and then you know you're 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 searching for articulations that open the world up to people and so mm-hmm. i think for myself like especially in in faith oriented music we're definitely there's definitely in the greater contemporary thing that exists in Christian music, it does feel like we we say the same things over and over in our music. It's it's like we've painted ourselves into a corner with these these templates that we've held up to artists. And and for me personally, I've I feel like the most fun that I have as an artist is in resisting those existing templates about what what you can and cannot talk about in in your songwriting, you know? So, I mean, you mentioned at the start just how taken aback you were about just the things that I would freely talk about in my music. And some of that is metaphor, but a lot of it's not. I mean, a lot of it is very autobiographical. And so um, I think, I think I, I have always appreciated artists who who know how to be vulnerable and and yet not be like trite and sentimental or not just vomit out of their their deep deepest darkest journal entries right i i'm i'm trying to like walk that high wire of telling the truth or at least what i think is the truth and then imbuing it with with a sense of hope rather than hopelessness. We were in a church, we were shouting, mourning our loss, but not our doubting, wondering why love is allowing all of us to hit the floor. Down here is one of the Places, nothing but hearts and dirty faces. Maybe this is where amazing grace is. God knows when. 
bury my heart in a blanket of evening snow Raise a glass for me when the blackberries grow That would be my, 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 the Christian part of me is, is I don't necessarily like to tie every story that I'm telling in my music up with a nice bow, but, but if I am introducing scenes of, you know, any type of grittiness, I definitely don't want those to be invitations into despair for people. I want them to be invitations into an eventual hope. Um, yeah, I get that. Yeah. So I, before I, I, I want to talk about some of your newer stuff that you're working on, but before we get there, uh, we, we have to talk about poet priest um, to me. I mean, the, the, the decade is young, but I, to me, it's already kind of a, you know, on the album of the decade list for me, wow. <laughs> it's, it's that good. And I, and I, uh, and I think, you know, I think you have a, an awareness too of, of like how, how well it turned out, but I'm curious to kind of get your take on, um, you know, the making of it and sort of kind of now that it's kind of lived out there for a couple of years, how it feels how you've, re you know, the reception that you've gotten from it. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I live a very complicated life with this. I, I think I've, I have come, I have had to come to terms with owning the artistic choices that I've made. So I, it's not, I, I don't think it's a good thing when an artist makes their choices their artistic choices on their aesthetic, their sensibility, whatever, the things that they're going after, and then kind of get shocked at the, the lack of reception of those things. I mean, I, I, I mean, my life is interesting in that I, in one sense, it's very gratifying because my, my rule is that I, I will only make records that I would listen to things that I, to say things that I want to say, to make music that I would want to listen to. But I mean, that's not necessarily how, how one has a successful career. I mean, it's, uh, right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny. I, I hear this all the time from people. When I first heard Poet Priest or Cherry Blossoms, I didn't like it at all. And then I had this, thing happened to me in my life and then all of a sudden the record made complete sense to me and and i think that because the the thematic elements of poet priest and and cherry blossoms for that matter are both they're dealing in in tragedy there's a lot of you know tragic tales being told in those two records and you know i i think most people don't really want to 
admit the inevitability of difficulty. Like if they haven't had that happen in their life, it's just the idea that 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 could happen at some point just scares people to death, you know? And yeah. And so I, I'm just kind of here for it. I'm here for folks not getting it right away, but kind of like betting on the long game of it all. And so when we recorded that record, we kind of knew, we knew what we were doing and that it wasn't, we knew it was, wasn't going to be, uh, a CCM hit for sure. Like we knew that wasn't right. gonna ha- that wasn't going to happen. Uh, but it's it's gratifying because I can I can hear both of those records to this day and feel very proud of them. Stand behind them still, artistically speaking. And yeah, and and it's been really neat to witness how, like, when you make something really really good and obviously you know beauty is in the eye we're talking about art it's all subjective right yeah 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 but but like i the the gratification or the satisfaction that comes from creating something that is is powerful potent unique those things tend to have a longer shelf life than mm-hmm. things that are kind of responding to just market forces and right trying just trying to hit the the spotify algorithms just right you know and i think that's a trap and so um yeah so all that to say you have to have very I, very thick skin you know like i remember bill maloney had a song on one of the early vigilantes of love records about I think the title of the the song was skin but it was it was about you know throwing throwing your you you take all of your efforts and you throw them out into the marketplace and you let the chips fall like Mm. it really is kind of that new testament thing where paul's talking about one person planted one person waters one person harvests you know like that's that's really a to me, like a vocational uh, sensibility of the artist too. You're not always going to see outcomes, financial outcomes. Maybe, um, hopefully you, uh, hopefully you will. But I, I think that fundamentally, if you're an artist, if you see yourself as an artist rather than an entertainer, um, and and I and I don't mean to diminish the value of entertainment. I think I love going to shows where the artist is like a passionate performer, a really and and in fact I want my shows to be entertaining. I want my shows to be. I want people to have some kind of emotional response to what I'm doing live. Um, but all that to say, I feel like the primary motivation has to be to make great art. And I think that that's what we did with Poet Priest. And now, whether somebody agrees with that or not, like <laughs> it yeah. may it may not be great art to somebody, and that's that that's like the normal, you know, set of circumstances in the world of art making, right? Right. Yes. Well, I mean, you you already said this, but you know, you set out to kind of like say it your way say something unique and it's exactly what it is it's such a unique album that 
doesn't sound like anything else you're clicking on yeah. whether it's spotify or whatever like it's it has its has a flair a uniqueness to it that and a grittiness to it that is lacking in a lot of faith-based music right so kudos <laughs> thank you you bring the stillborn baby to my shoulder you bring your sorrow Every fallen soldier You bring your passion To the graves that we stand over Young love that we lost Will be found as we grow older You bring the mountain So I have somewhere to wander You bring the ocean So I can walk on water You bring the wilderness Where I can learn to hunger Oh, I feel you like a phantom But I can't explain your wonder Well, speaking of Poet Priest, uh, you then authored two books and what I hear is soon to be three uh, books called the Poet Priest book volume one, two, and then now coming up three. Um, Can you just share a little bit about sort of how that came into being? Yeah, that's funny. That's a funny story. So when we came out with the record Poet Priest, didn't have any money to market the album with. And I've got these this team of young people that are helping me with my design stuff. They said to me, Andy, you should just try writing, <clears throat> you should just try writing some, you know, Instagram posts surrounding the thematic material of the record. And, and so I did that and man, I've never seen anything like it like those those posts just started taking off like i mean i i don't think you can use the term viral maybe but they the 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 instagram posts started touching a nerve in a way that i've never personally had anything you know i i haven't had the kind of response that i felt from those instagram posts and um in, in anything I've done. I mean, I, I've, I've always hoped my records would explode that way, but I don't know. I mm-hmm. just, it, for some reason, maybe it was just the moment that we were living in, in the world at the time, but those posts just started going around the world. And, and then we just got the idea of just like writing the book and just doing kind of like a high end um, coffee table thing you know and we came out with that volume one in 2021 i think and it just it just 
blew up. We we sold 5,000 copies of it in I think three weeks and it just, yeah, it just, it was insane. And then, and then we did volume two the next year and we, we, it, it took us a little bit longer, but we sold out of that one as well. And so, yeah, the, the experiments of, of those books is just, it really, it's, it's provided an income for us that we just never could have imagined. And it was, to, and it was totally accidental. And so, you know, the, the, the thing that I've noticed is that the, my, my willingness to talk about anything that I, that you find in my songs is, is also what I was doing in these little Instagram essays. And I think, I think there's just been, I, I've noticed that in, at least in the world of faith, there's, there's people that are, are like staunchly conservative and they're, 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 they're orienting everything about God and church and faith in kind of like, I don't know, severely, um, non-nuanced ways. I would say that that's one side of this coin. And then the other side of the coin is this wholesale deconstruction. It's, it's almost the zeitgeist now. It's like doubt is the new faith. It's, it's, it's like now if you're a gritty Christian, you're, you're celebrating your, your doubt and you're, you're leaving behind things rather than, you're no more for like what you're leaving behind and what you're going towards. And, and I think mm. the reason why my essays kind of blew up a little bit is because I was living in that space between the deconstructionists and the, I don't know, I don't even know what to call that because there's all kinds of variations in that, but that very staunchly conservative side and, and these two sides seem to be opposed to one another. And I don't really have any desire to be in an apologetics battle in any in either one of these sides. I've just been kind of trying to process um, what is it like to live orthodox, like an orthodox Christian faith, but yet remain like completely ecumenical and and grace oriented in the world you know so that's where those writings came out of and that's that's why that project is still ongoing and seems to be still mm -hmm. you know touching people and yeah, yeah. We're, we're very thankful for it actually Ah, so good. Well, I know you will be thankful if you pick up the Poet Priest album and Volume 1, Volume 2 books of Poet Priest. And as we talked about, we can all be thankful that he is working on Volume 3 of that book series, which is coming out. Uh, he slated it for spring 2024, something good to look forward to. And uh, Andy's actually working on new music now, too. And in fact, in the second half of this podcast, we're going to continue the conversation with Andy. We're going to talk about some of the new stuff he's creating and working on. And I personally am so thankful for Andy and just how his music and his words and essays have uh, inspired me and have really left a mark on me. So 
uh, in the spirit of gratitude and thanks, thankfulness, um, we have created a playlist just for you um, because thankfulness is something interesting. Uh, it doesn't just happen. It's not like if you if you read the Bible more, it just it just kind of flows out of you. No, thankfulness is actually like a choice and a decision and an action you have to take every single day. So the music that you listen to can actually help foster that gratitude in you. And so um, I think this is the perfect time of year to be listening to a playlist we created called Thanksgiving Songs of Faith. Yes, it's all songs that have a gratitude theme and all of them are rooted in the gospel and are faith-centric. There are um, 58 songs, I think, now on the playlist. We added 10 more songs just this month. Um, You can check it out on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, and YouTube Music. And you can find all the links for that in uh, the the link in the show notes. Or you can go to our website, utrmedia.org. And the sister show to this one, the Gourmet Music Podcast, our next episode of that is coming out in just a few days. It's going to be an all-Thanksgiving-themed show. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. When we come back, we've got the second half of our conversation with Andy Squires here on Green Room Door. This UTR podcast is sponsored by the debut single from new artist Haley Alcott. When the King Comes by Kaylee Alcott is a majestic anthem celebrating God's work of restoration. And it is the first ever song released by Kaylee. Because when the King comes, when the King comes, He makes all sad things untrue. You can find When the King Comes by Kaylee Alcott on Spotify, Apple Music, and all music platforms. The Bellsberg Store is your online home to buy gifts, music, and keepsakes honoring the legacy of the late, great Rich Mullins. New items have just arrived, and we're offering free shipping on all purchases in November and December. Visit richmullins25.com store or the link in today's show notes. Hey, welcome back. This is Season 7, Episode 3 of Green Room Door. I'm Dave Trout, and I am so happy to be joined this whole hour with singer-songwriter Andy Squires. Uh, we continue the conversation, and I ask Andy about this season of his life, that if he's in creation mode right now. Yeah, so I'm honestly writing for my next record right now. That's that's the thing that I'm working on more than anything. And I've got I've got about six songs that are completed. Um and I'm you know, I'm looking for four more that are, you know, sufficient for filling out a record. But uh yeah, I'm I'm super excited about this next record. Uh it's it's going to be a deviation from from the last record for sure it's not going to be poet priest 2.0 it's going to be it's going to be something definitely different i'm using a different producer this time i'm using a guy named jacob early to produce this next record so i'm really excited about working with him um but i think i think thematically 
I'll be, um, well, the, these, the last two records have been, they have each in their own way been an embrace of the, of the, the tragedies of life. And I feel, mm. feel like this next record is going to be a little bit funnier. It's going to be an embrace of the mundane and, and the comedic of life. And mm. I'm, I'm taking some cues from guys like John Prine. And uh, there's a folk singer that I love named John Craigie, who I've been listening to a lot recently. And just, I don't know, it's, I, I feel the need to lighten up a little bit, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, I don't ever think I'm going to lose my sense of like, I mean, I like heavy songs, but I think that this next go round is going to be, I mean, I, I played one song the other night. I think you were at that show in Nashville. I've, yeah. I've, I've got this new song called this could be the year and i'm really excited about it because it's it's just not on the nose it's like it's about it's about the potential of peace in the middle east but but it's about everything but that like in in the actual song uh -huh. you know yeah so anyways yeah i think this next record will be a little less on the nose if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, well, can you share a little bit about, um, I know death defying joy is kind of your first new single that just came out and, uh, it's fantastic. Um, I'm just curious to, to get your read on it. Yeah. I, I mean, we, when we recorded that song, I mean, I, I told my producer, I was like, here's what I want to do. I think, I think I want to write a Taylor Swift song, you know, like, uh, you know, there's these, there are these, uh, duets that Taylor Swift does with the national with, with Matt Berninger from the national. And I love, I just love how they're, they're taking like that broody dark national vibe and then connecting it with these massive hooks. And, um, I just thought, man, I just need to do that. I need to, I need to get, at least one or two of those songs off my chest. And um, man, I just, I freaking love that song, the way it paid off and, yeah. you know, it's it's so fun. It's, it's so it's so different for me, you know? I mean, it's not, it, it, it couldn't have been on the Poet Priest record because it, it sits in such a different place, but I'm really thankful for it. I think it's, a, I think it's the breath of fresh air that I needed personally, you know? Yeah. Cause, yeah. cause I, cause I definitely think that someday I'll, I'll come back to like the dark corners of the world. Like I definitely have more of those records in me, but at least for this next go around, I needed, I needed some songs that were just a little bit more, ah, something you could dance to or something like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
think everyone connects with like the style of a song first. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and then, uh, and so we have this, um, this like daily song devotional that we do called Song RX. And so I, I, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna write one. Uh, I have a, some several indie artists. I kind of take turns write, writing them. And I was like, I, I'm gonna write one for Death Defying Joy. Mm. Partly just because I want to like dig into the song more and just try to like, kind of sit with the lyrics and stuff and it really like i was like man this is a lot of uh depth in terms of kind of un unpacking the mystery of god and and kind of laying it out that you know that there's just so much more to be discovered and yes and there's and we'll always sort of live in the tension of the the not knowing certain things and the you know and yet and yet you know we can have joy in the midst of even sorrow like mm -hmm. i mean it's it's a it's a uh i feel like a very weighty song in terms of lyrically and then and then musically yeah you could literally dance to it yeah yeah <laughs> so i i i have heard from some of like some some fans that would probably consider themselves super fans and okay and the song took has taken like like there's you know if if you're an artist and you've got a few records under your belt you have set you have built your audience based on what you've produced and yeah. and so when you when you arrive on the scene with something that kind of like upsets expectations even even people who would consider themselves like your true fans it takes them a minute because like whoa like did not expect this, you know? So, yeah. um, I mean, I don't like throwing curveballs just for the sake of change, but I do, I, I, one thing that I've learned is that I've learned to trust my audience. And I don't, I don't assume that everybody will want to go with me to the places that I'm, I, I'm interested in going all of the time. I, I, I never work from that assumption, but I do, I do have a, a sense that um, I've built enough trust with my audience to, to like people feel like they're willing to go with me, even if it takes them a minute, you know, like, yeah. Um, and then, and then on the flip side, I think Death Divine Joy is, has maybe introduced my work to a whole lot of people who would not have entered into the fray uh with a song like dead horse or something like that you know right, right. <laughs> no i that's so true that's, i love that <laughs> i think that's great uh, um yeah I, I i hope it just keeps growing and growing me too um is there is there a a, a song that you're going to release like next year that that you want to share about that you know just you can kind of pick a title and well i <laughs> I've got this one really intriguing song right now. It's it's called I Feel All Creation Groaning. And it's I'm I'm just I'm so stoked about it. It's it's like um I'm name dropping Jeff Buckley and and Leonard Cohen in the chorus, and it just I don't know like the way it all plays out. It's it's got me so excited. We've got we've got most of it recorded. I've got a few lyrical, uh, you know, rough edges to sand off, but um, that's hopefully gonna come out in like the first of 2024. So. 
yeah so just be on the lookout for that song yeah nice um and uh you know one uh one thing i thought i would end with is uh um just just we we actually kind of uh, by nature of our show featuring a lot of independent music we actually have a lot of in indie musicians mm. and sort of budding artists and on the rise artists kind of listen and for inspiration as well as you know just sort of um hearing the stories from other artists and uh so i thought i'd give you a chance just to maybe think about any sort of piece of advice or wisdom that comes to mind of like what you would share with um a budding artist really from any direction that you want to take it um yeah yeah i i would say this is the encouragement that i want to give all artists who who would identify themselves as as like in the faith orbit as christian artists artists who are who are explicitly christian but but are wanting to make great art the thing that i would always try to encourage folks to do is to not invest yourself completely in the templates that christian music offers there there are there's these there are masters within our our world i would say you know rich mullins andrew peterson i mean there's you know uh burlap to cashmere these are all these are all artists within this realm uh john Guerra is a great great example of somebody who's doing this work currently he's just he's he is not he he is carving himself out a, a world uh where he is making a living as an artist without adhering to those templates that exist in in our yeah. contemporary christian world and i i would say that i'm i'm not even anti contemporary christian music i I, I get that that's there there's an ongoing long-standing critique of contemporary Christian music I actually feel like that is a waste of energy to to fight that world um because it's never going away and I think it is actually probably a good thing it I think it helps and encourages a lot of people but me personally I don't want to listen to that music and so i want to create music that i want to listen to and i believe that there is a large segment of human beings who are followers of jesus who are looking for art that will transcend these these evangelical talking points and so mm, i yeah. my encouragement to young artists would be to become students of the masters you know like i i copied and stole from everybody until i figured out how to do this you know i i studied paul simon i studied bob dylan i studied leonard cohen i studied uh rich mullins i studied uh, mark hurd and randy stonehill and all of these great legendary songwriters and um it took it took me a long time that's the other thing i would say don't don't worry if if it takes you a long time to crack the code i think there's there's something to 
um, people, well, well, like as artists, you have to kind of live a life in order to have something to say. And if you make, mm, if you yeah. make your whole life just about songwriting and you forget to like, go live, like <laughs> go, <laughs> go get, yeah. go get married, go to college, go to, I don't know, have, get a hobby, get a life, you know, you've got, yeah. you've got to have something that, that you can talk about, you know? So if your whole personality is just the music you make or just the, the, the like artist identity that you're trying to develop, your words will be empty and people will feel that people will feel the emptiness on your words. So I've always mm. appreciated artists who I could feel their actual lives in their music. You know, whether they were yeah. speaking literally or poetically, you can feel that gravitas behind what they're doing. And, and that's the type of artist that I want to be. That, those are the type of artists that I'm always on the lookout for. Um, so yeah, hopefully that'll encourage yeah. some of your listeners. Absolutely. Thank you for doing that. All right, man. Thank you for hanging out. This has been a blast. Man, thanks for having me on. This has been so great. Yes, yes, yes. Isn't that so good? Uh, Andy Squires, um, a wonderful singer, songwriter, author, poet, and uh, you can check out more of his work at his website, which we will link to in the show notes of this episode. Um, also stick around because after we close out the show today, we're going to play a full song uninterrupted in its entirety. Um, he doesn't have any other new songs besides death defying joy right now as of yet. So we're going to play something off of the poet priest album. In fact, the opening track from that album called dead horse that's coming up in just a sec. Um, now, one of the things you might not know is that Andy and I um, share a mutual respect and adoration for the work, the life, the legacy of Rich Mullins, and, um, and we are honored to be uh, running the Bellsburg store um, online, and you can get some different um, collectibles and merchandise. There's a, a few new things added as well as right now um, for the holiday season for the rest of November and all of December um, there is free shipping on all orders of any size so um, that's pretty exciting and you can head over to um, the link in the show notes to take you right there or you can uh, type in richmullins25.com slash store Speaking of holidays, um, we have our Thanksgiving playlist up right now. You can check that out on all the streaming platforms. We have a Thanksgiving episode of the Gourmet Music Podcast coming up in just a few days. Uh, and then right after Thanksgiving, we're going to be releasing our annual tradition. We have a countdown list of the top six best Christmas albums released this year. Uh, we will share uh, that on our website as well as do kind of a countdown format in on the Gourmet Music Podcast. Uh, and then we have uh, a Christmas edition of uh, Green Room Door Podcast and a couple, um, a couple more Christmas editions of uh, the Gourmet Music Podcast. So lots of holiday stuff on the horizon. Oh, yeah, and, and very soon, in about a week, week and a half, we'll be updating our 
Christmas songs of faith playlist for you to enjoy as well. So um, some fun things to look forward to. And we're glad that you took this time to hang out with me and Andy today. Um, I want to let you know that all the songs used on today's show are with permission or under fair use provisions. A huge thank you to the UTR support team. We couldn't be doing this podcast and releasing it for free without their help and support. If you want more info about joining that team, you can go to utrmedia.org. I'm Dave Trout, and you've been listening to Green Room Door. We'll see you on the next episode, which is a production of UTR Media, an independent, listener-supported nonprofit ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and online at utrmedia.org. Stick around, that full song from Andy Squires is next. Frustrated in your glory, I'm bound.
blood of the Lamb. These words I've said all my life and believe, but still I do not understand. Lord, I want to. 